You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. And that's the rhythm I can dance to oh, I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning let it pour Tonight we're in the groove together Ain't gonna worry about Stormy weather Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble on drum. Beat out old trouble on drum. Beat out old trouble on drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Kick him out the door. Kick him out the door. This is Radical Australia on Community Radio 3CR. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscani. We've got a real live guest for you today, Barry Horsborough. Is that correct, Barry? That's correct, Joe. I can't right believe on, it. Now, Barry, I just, I just want to highlight the type of person you are to our listeners. Now, you, you told me just before the, with this interview started that you've had three hours sleep can you can you tell us why? Uh, well, I do, as you're well aware, Joe. I do quite a bit for uh, for, for battlers. Put it that way. Uh, what I mean by battlers, they're people that uh, have either lost their job or they've been um, evicted from their their houses or their. their need of food or accommodation or might have mental issues, trouble with uh, Centrelink and so on and uh, I help them when I can uh, or do the best I can and a chap uh, I got a phone call late last night, he'd been evicted from his property he was supposed to be out last week but he, he couldn't find any other accommodation, so I got a phone call uh, late last night and brought him back here, and he was in a pretty bad way. He hadn't eaten for days, um, so brought him back here and fed him up, and we had a long, long chat, which went to the early hours of the morning. He's now uh, asleep, taking it easy, and... Uh, yeah, hopefully we can uh, get him back on track. Yeah, that's extraordinary, Barry. <clears throat> now, Barry, I just want to go a few years back. Um, what year were you born? 1947. 1947. Born here in Australia? Yes, yep. yep. Where? Up in Echuca. Right, on the Murray. battlers 
trying to get a farm going and things like that. And uh, they got a lot of help from uh, local community and other farmers. Dad would lend them a tractor and they'd lend him a truck. And we'd uh, give them uh, lamb meat and they'd give us veggies and so on. And uh, I thought, what a great, great community, you know, peeping, people helping one another. And mm-hmm. What we didn't have, they did, and vice versa. And uh, it always sort of struck in the old heart. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. What was your dad's name? Wally. Wally. And he was born in Australia or he came from overseas? No, he was born in Australia. Right. Um, we got a bit of a Koori background in the family. Mm-hmm. My mother was uh, part Koori. Mm-hmm. Um, hence up on the Murray so on. And... Uh, Got a, a Yorta Yorta background. Right. And what was your mum's name? Nita. Right. And, did and she was always neater than the rest, too. She lived was up she? to her name. <laughs> did she? <laughs> did you, what type of parents were they? People. What type of parents were they? What type of childhood did you have up there on the Murray? Oh, uh, look, it was, it was good. It was good. Uh, Dad was. Uh, he was a battler. Uh, he was a World War Two veteran. Um, a battler, but a man that was very stern, mm-hmm. very, uh, very hard in in some ways, but in a good way. Yeah, yeah. If you can get what I mean by that. Yeah, I think think all of us who were born around that era had fathers like that, you know. They'd been through the war. My father was on, in the war, but he was on the other side. So. Mm, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they were all like that. They were stern and it was tough. It wasn't. I mean, my, my parents were small croppers. They were uh, share farmers originally, but they came from overseas to here. So I, I, right. I kind of understand your background. Did, 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 did you... Did you Parents own the farm, or were they leasing it, or sharecropping it, or? Well, they owned part of it and, and leased the, the other part right. of it, right. uh, which I can't remember how many acres no. that was at the no. time. No. But uh, they basically the farmers up there then kept each other going. Yeah. Uh, um, as I was saying before. They'd swap food, and one would supply the other one with hay, and the other one would let his cattle run on the property, and things like that. They all worked in together, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I liked. I thought it was mm-hmm. a, a good thing. Uh, I think if the rest of the world uh, did that, well, we'd be in a lot better place. Not being greedy, sharing what you got.
How is that possible in this country today? Yeah, well, it's something I talk about all the time. How is it possible that the, uh, supposedly we live in the richest country in the world and we've got some of the poorest people in the world? Now, getting back yep. to you, did you have any brothers and sisters? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a, a, one brother. Um, I haven't had much to do with him. He uh, He's a lot different to me. Uh, we, we had a bit of a fallout. Uh, had a sister which was absolutely amazing. She had a heart as big as gold um, and I I think of her every single day. She would do so much for people. Um, And I think uh, it's another reason I do what I do. What's her name? Ruth. And I assume she died uh, quite young, did she? Uh, she died now, going back um, about seven years ago. Seven years ago, so right. right. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, isn't it? You know, you kind of, they say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, but uh, what you've described is what happens in most families. Some apples call, fall close to the t- tree and some roll down the hill, and I assume your brother rolled down the hill. <laughs> yes, yes, well, he's, uh, you know, the, the money and fancy motor cars and yachts and yeah. the high life yeah, uh, yeah. was his style. Yeah. Uh, no, it's interesting, isn't he it? he do anything to get it. Yeah. Uh, he, he basically took everything from my mother and... Mm-hmm. Because of him, uh, the, the family farm had to be sold, and mm. so on. Not a not a good good story. No, no. But story. what you're describing is what happens in many families. It's not unusual, you know. No, we we no. all grow in the same environment, but we but we tend to be different. I mean, I I can see the difference between myself and my sisters, and it's just I just find it fascinating. Same environment, different response. So you, you went to school locally? Yeah, went to school in Rochester mm-hmm. um, for quite a number of years. And, uh, yeah, then I went to RMIT for a while. Mm-hmm. Now, look, I'm a bit uh, familiar with Rochester. Which school did you go to? Oh, well, went to the, the state school. Right, not not the Catholic school there. No, no. Right. State no, school, no. right? State school there in Rochester. Um, then we moved down to. Uh, Dad was struggling a bit on the farm, mm-hmm. and uh, we moved down to Sandringham of all places. That's all right. Yeah, uh, it wasn't a rich suburb in those days. Sandringham, all those, all those beachside suburbs. People just drift to there on low incomes. Bond Beach, Sandringham. That's yeah. right, that's yeah. right, yep. And uh, anyway, Dad got offered a, a job there on the, uh, the local council, uh, building roads, Beach mm-hmm. Road and all that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. uh, when we were there, I ended up going to uh, 
seen Ram Tech for a while, yep. which is a back in those days was a pretty roughed up sort of school. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but they had a good good life down there. It wasn't too bad. Big yeah. change from Tuker yeah. and Rochester around that area. You didn't have you didn't have the teacher at Sandringham Tech that I heard of who used to throw hammers at the students so they weren't concentrating in the carpentry school. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of his name. Oh, don't tell us. Don't tell us the name. You can tell us his first name. Yeah, he was legend. He was a legend in that area. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think he used to be a, a gym teacher too. Yeah, I think I interviewed. So, I think I interviewed his daughter a number of years ago. Yeah, was, right. She said oh, he was a yeah. legend down there. <laughs> yeah, you you wouldn't want to play up or say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing with him. So what did you do at RMIT? So that was the late sixties, was it? Or? Yes, 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 yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, mid sixties, late sixties. So you never completed the degree. No, no. I wanted to do a bit of travelling, uh-huh. and um, always wanted to see Australia, and uh, so I started doing that. And, um, uh, quite a while, I worked on a couple of cattle stations up north. came up. But marble came up. Joe, it's about the only bloody thing I've ever won in my life. Yeah. <laughs> never yeah, 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 I remember. Uh, well, so, so basically, we're, we're, uh, we're on the opposite sides of the fence here, mate. Why do you say that, Joe? Well, I'm joking. I mean, um, you got called up and uh, I was on the other side trying not to <laughs> get called up. So. Well... So uh, I was, look, you're not alone now. Uh, after, um, you know, as I said before, my father was involved in uh, World War II. Uh, my grandfather was involved with World War One, and the stories and the things I heard uh, made, I wasn't in favour of it. No, no, I realise uh, that. But they, uh, they, they caught up with me eventually. Uh-huh. So what, you ended up at Pucker Pungil for your basic training, or...?
So just right in the thick of things, 68, 69. Yep, yep. Mm. So, so what... So did, did you fly in, or did they ship you in, or...? No, uh, they, they, they flew us in. Mm-hmm. Um, so so w- one day you're in Australia, and the next day you find yourself in Vietnam? More or less, mm. more or less, yep. So what were your first impressions? First impressions, I thought, it was pretty dramatic. Pretty hard to explain. Mm-hmm. You know, as time went, time went by. Um, for the first couple of days, I thought, "Oh, Jesus, I'm in hell. This is hell." Um, everything was pretty full on. Um, you didn't have much time to think about things except maybe of the night when you're having a sleep um, but I think as I said my father was had a was pretty stern old fella and uh, back in those days when I was a, a young fella I thought oh the old man's a bit hard but uh, it paid off in the end mm-hmm. um, being over there I was used to orders. I was used to doing what I was told. Uh, so it wasn't so bad. Uh, and luckily enough, I, I got a job in NAM. Well, if you call it a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you would call it a job. But uh, I got involved with uh, EDD, which is Explosive Detection Dogs. Right. of it. If you're there for a year and a half, that's near the Tet Offensive time, or just after, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Were you, there, were you there during the Tet Offensive? Just missed out. Just missed um, out. No. The, the reason behind that, I, uh, I, got, uh, I got noticed that uh, my dad had a, a stroke. Mm-hmm. Doing whatever he was doing, 
was in Iran, and um, Mum was a bit devastated what to do with the farm and, and so on. So, make a long story short, there, Joe, I had uh, quite a few things to stitch up and organise and get Mum settled and, and get me Dad's brother to, to look after the farm and, and mm -hmm. so on and organise uh, all sorts of different things and. Uh, I came back, uh, I was three weeks late on my leave, mm -hmm. uh, four weeks it was actually, near, right. near enough to four weeks, and uh, reported back down at St Kilda Barracks, and um, they had me down as going AWOL. Right, <laughs> without leave. That's an honourable that's, right. that's, that's Australian tradition in the, in the, in the infantry. I was looking at my uh, late wife's um, father's record and he was in Bougainville during World War II and I think being absent without leave was his uh, was not unusual on his record. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. No, a few like that, but, uh, but after being... I ended up uh, uh, doing my last, uh, last stint two years in Holsworthy military prison. Right. <laughs> what, for being absent without leave? Well, there's a little bit more to it. Yeah, you don't have to go into it if you don't want to, but if you want to, well, I'm happy to listen to it. Well, <laughs> I wasn't in a good frame of mind after doing all that. Yeah. I, I lost track of time, uh, as I say, organising my father's affairs and, yes. and so on and getting yeah. mum settled. Yeah. And I, I lost track of time. And mm. I said, well, look, I'm here, I reported, I'm sorry, I'm late, you know, all this sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I had one of the MPs grab me and um, uh, I flew off the handle to tell yeah. the truth. Yeah, and, um, fair enough. Once I, uh, you know, assaulted a, an MP, uh, that was it. And, uh, mm. Saying anymore, ended up in Holsworthy uh, Military Prison, right. which, uh, so, which was bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think it was worth? Na I think NAM or Holsworth uh, Military Prison. Holsworthy Military Prison. Mate. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. How long were you there yep. for? And what, yeah. then, then a dishonourable discharge, was it, after that? That's or? right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You got it, Jack. Yeah. Yep. And yep. Do, you, do you have any contact with uh, uh, the men and women you were with uh, during when you were conscripted anymore, or you've uh, oh, let that slide? No, I'm in contact with, uh, with a few of them. Mm. Uh, most of them, unfortunately, have... Uh, I mean, we forget, don't we, that uh, the war doesn't end when the war ends, it continues. It certainly does not choke. No. I've never heard a true word. 
words spoken, it does mm. not end. Mm. Does not end. Yeah, I, I don't know if you remember Elma Morton. She used to. Um, yes. Elma. Well, I, I did a. Uh, her obituary and I spoke to her a number of times and she said when her father came back from World War One, he was basically destroyed at about two o'clock every morning he would think the Huns were coming and he'd get his gun and he'd herd his family into the lounge and just sit there till the morning broke you know yeah I've had, heard a lot of stories like that yeah I, I, so do you think the Australian government especially the Defence Department has done enough to assist people uh, who no. were in Vietnam? No, 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 mm. no. All, all too late, right? You mm. know, they've come up with these gold cards and and medals and things like that. Yeah, all too bloody late. Half of the bloody dead or committed suicide or destroyed, you know. Mm. And what's a bloody medal or a gold card? When you're in the bush for those two or three years, well, what were, you, were you living a hand-to-mouth existence or off yeah, the land? Basically off the land. Mm. Um, I, was, I was basically grew veggies and um, set traps for, for, for rabbits and fish. I think I've eaten more fish than anywhere human alive. <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, internet, <laughs> telephone. <Right. laughs> Not even the Herald Sun, you lucky devil. <laughs> So what made you come back into society? Well, 
fellows uh, went down to the, the river one day to uh, to look at the, the traps I had in there and uh, a fellow come out of the bush and <laughs> said, G'day, mate. Uh, he startled me to no end. And, um, anyway, I invited him back up to the little sort of bush shack I had at the time and for a cup of tea and all that sort of thing and uh, he's asked me about the area and he said oh you, you come up here often and I said well I've been here for about two two and a half years mate mm-hmm. and he says you're joking and all that and he, he left and he came back again and, and so on and come to uh, one time he visited and he said oh, that's, he said, uh, how are you doing and all this sort of thing and how are you getting by and I said oh right man I'm, I'm fine you know uh, he said oh, what are you doing tomorrow and I said oh look I don't know mate but he said oh, I said to him I'm hoping to catch a, a real good freshwater cray he said, why, why are you hoping to catch one tomorrow? I said, because it's my birthday. Right. And uh, he said, uh, I'm going to take you to the local pub. And I was a bit hesitant uh, about going, and he said, no, 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 come on, mate, we're going for a good meal, and we're going to have a couple of beers on your birthday. And he, he eventually took me into it after probably about four or five hours. Right. <laughs> and uh, so we, we went to the pub and uh, I got talking to a few of the locals and, and so on and uh, yeah, he visited me up and he brought some friends up again and basically got me socialising again and yeah. so on and, yeah, yeah, so. and then I heard about other people sort of struggling a couple of Vietnam vets so uh, went off to help them and one thing led to another, Joe. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did, uh, have you got any kids? I've got, uh, I've got two kids. Right. Right. Um, got one son, I didn't have him to much later in life. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I was 48. And, uh, I had my son. a Vietnamese girl, I had a, a daughter to her, mm-hmm. um, daughter's now, she's, uh, well she's 50 next year, right. and um, a son, he's, uh, he's just 25, right. yeah. uh, and he, he lives up at Maui, and uh, my daughter's downtown in, in the big smoke. Oh. Melbourne town. Melbourne town, yeah. 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 Oh, that's good. Um, she's very heavily involved with the, the Kiri community down there. Right. Knows Robbie Thorpe pretty well and, mm-hmm. and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, both of them turned out to, to be good kids. They're really good. Couldn't ask for anything more. Oh, that's good. Right. Well, we we basically know you from uh, a talkback with attitude, and uh, 
when did you end up up there in the uh, in the hills? Ago. Yeah, what 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 brought what brought you there? What uh, what kind of dragged you over there? Um, I was, well, I think it was just having that sort of country background, Joe. Mm -hmm. I, I always longed for the bush. I, I just felt more more peace in a in a country area sort of thing. Um, I wanted to. To move further out, uh, sort of thing, but um, I got offered a, a good bit of property with a good house on it at a good price that I could I couldn't couldn't uh, turn down. Mm -hmm. And it's a it's a, a nice nice spot that I like. You know, I can look out the window and I've got the trees and there's a paddock and the birds and Mm. Well, have you been living there by yourself for the last 30 years, or...? Uh, I've had my son, he's, he's only just moved out um, uh -huh. a, a couple of, oh, what, probably a year now, actually, right. I think about right. it. Right. Uh, but I'm never here by myself, I've got, I've got a little sort of cattleman's hut down the back where accommodation or a place to stay till they get settled. I've mm -hmm. got an old caravan around the side which I've got a, a young fellow that's uh, just separated from his wife and had some issues so there's, there's always someone around. Mm -hmm. People coming and going and you know I've got people staying in the house till I get them sorted whatever so Yeah but so. how does all this happen? I mean this is not a normal life. I mean, how, how, how do these people find out about you? What's, you know? Well, it goes, um, it goes back to, there's a place in Belgrave, which is not all that far from me. It's, it's called the, the Tin Shed. Mm -hmm. uh, was called the Tin Shed. They're closed and opened up a hub across the road now. But uh, I went in there one day. Um, I was I was going through a bit of a hard trot myself, um, which is another story again. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, there's there's homeless people there. There's people that have had alcohol problems, drug problems. Uh, you know, lost their jobs. And so on, and I've talked to quite a few of these people, and uh, I, you know they might have problems with um, Centrelink and and so on. So I basically helped them and told them which area to go for food and where they could get food and where they might get accommodation and, and so on. It's, it's a long, long story, Joe. Mm. We've got but, a long, uh, long time, Barry. Started helping a few of them out, and, and of course, 
else, and they'd bring me up, and one thing would lead to another. You start helping one, you'd help another one, and, and people found out, and local cafes and, and shops started donating food, so I started distributing food and to them and, and things like that. I've got one or two people that give me a hand every now and again and some volunteers, and it's, um, it's turned out good. Right. You know, if you get people back on track, steer them in the right direction, um, give them some legal advice, not, not that I'm any good legal representative. No, 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 no. You're, you're one of those traditional Australian bush lawyers, you know. I, I consider myself to be a member of that tribe, the bush lawyer tribe. We give good <laughs> advice. <laughs> And we don't and we don't charge for it, do we? We don't charge for it. No, yeah. yeah. So no. if they, so if we're wrong, bad luck. That's right. That's right. That's yeah, right. But uh, normally we're right. Normally we're right. Now I assume Barry that there's a statue to you somewhere in the uh, in Belgrave because you've been such a uh, positive role model up there in the hills. Well, there probably would be, but the local politicians wouldn't like it. <laughs> now, 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 what's this love-hate relationship you have with your local members? What's going on here? Well, it, it goes back. I, I tell them that I don't. So I, I used to write letters right. to, to local politicians, mm-hmm. and I still do occasionally. But I come to the point I wasn't getting replies from them. You're kidding. You wrote, and they never replied to you, Barry. I'm shocked. I'm amazed and shocked. Here you are doing the right things, saving their back, saving the community money, saving people, you know, from themselves and from for the police, and they won't write back to you, Barry. What's going on? What type of world do we live in? Uh, if you can answer that one, Joe, good on you, mate. I'll give you a hundred points. All right. Yeah. I can't answer it, sorry, mate, but I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can't answer that one either. But, uh, but it's rude not to write back. It is, it yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, I find that the same, but uh, coming from some of these politicians, it does not surprise me. But, uh, so I basically would go into their office. What? And, and demand an answer, and why haven't you replied, and, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so on, and uh, when they give me an answer, I'd say, maybe a couple of times there, I'd say, well, "How do you like sleep at night?" Say, well, what do you mean by that? I said, well, knowing that you're lying straight to me face, <laughs> how do you sleep at night? You know, you take ten sleeping pills or twenty, or you know, you. Do you masturbate to go to sleep or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm probably getting a little bit cheeky there, but yeah. I got to the point there. Where I thought, no, 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 I'm going to get me point across here. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've had them uh, on down the street, or there's a Centrelink office just around from James Molino's office, and of course mm-hmm. I'm in and out of Centrelink quite often. Mm-hmm. You know, advising people and helping people there. And, come out of there and walk past James Molino's office and a couple of times he's been there and he's, he's literally, virtually 
ran away from me, if you want to say that. <laughs> you know, walks across the other side of the road or uh, avoids me or ducks behind a building or uh, right. something mm-hmm. like that. Oh, yeah. um, well, so I think if I see the monument going up for me, mate, uh, they might, oh, no, you can't put it here for some sort of reason or something like that. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you, know what, you know what the ultimate revenge is, uh, Barry? people in that regards because at the end of the day they've got nothing except their huge superannuation payments. Oh, that's right, that's right. <laughs> they've, yeah. got no, they've got no reputation, they've got nothing. They really that's haven't right. because as you said, look, how about the local council? Have you had more luck with the local council? Yes, yes, yes. They're, um, they're not too bad at the moment. I don't know if you recall, Joe, one time I was talking to you and Pat um, about people camping down at uh, Lilydale Lake. Yep. Um, and they wanted to, to get rid of them from there because of tourists coming to the lake and people camping and so on. Um, they're, they're allowed to stay there for a certain amount of time. Barry, I think a little people, a lot of people would be a little bit amazed, a little bit shocked. I mean, we think of the leafy eastern suburbs and the hills up there as the land of milk and honey. Are you telling me there are people living there who are homeless, people who are can't, who are actually hasn't haven't got enough to eat, and it's is the problem growing or is it disappearing? It's or? growing. It's growing. growing. And why do you think it's growing? Why do you think it's growing? Well, I think for a number of reasons. I see um, family breakups uh, is one. Uh, Single men and single uh, women also. Yeah. 
on work and so on um, where the chap might have uh, he will say take for instance one young chap I've got here young Lenny now he is a good good kid he's uh, when I say kid he's 22 so call him a young man mm-hmm. but uh, he is determined he's a goer I've got him a couple of jobs on nurseries and, and so on and he, he'll do anything a hard worker and with the nurseries because uh, of the corona thing he got put off work Mm. Now, he has to wait six weeks to get back on the dole or new start or job keeper or whatever you want to bloody call it in this day and age. They keep changing it, but uh, he's got to wait six weeks. Now, because of that, he's got no income, right? Mm -hmm. Now, as he said to me the other day, once I get back on this, I'm staying on it. And I said, now, Lenny, that's that's not like you, mate. You mm. know, well, well, why are you going to stay on it? He said, well, if I get a job and I lose that job, right, or I get put off that job or it's only for a little while, he's got to wait another six weeks before he can get back on the dollar on start or whatever. Mm, that's right, and, yeah. that, and that's no income. And I see this, it's a bloody system, Joe, what it is. I see this quite often. And I was only talking to a chap the other day, I said, look, I can get you some work um, picking fruit up up there and all this sort of thing. And I was trying to organise accommodation and Mm. making inquiries. He said, oh, look, I like it, but if I could... If I could do that job, and once I've finished it, if I can go straight back on the new start, but I've got to wait, and he said himself, I've got to wait six or seven weeks to to get back on to, to new start. Mm. And he said, no, I don't want to take it because mm. of that reason. Mm. And as I've written letters to politicians and gone and seen them, I said, look, you've got to change your system. If people want to take on seasonal work, right, Okay, let them take on that seasonal work. As soon as that seasonal work is finished, put them straight back on the new start till they get another job. I said, that way, you people are saving money because you know, you're not paying a new start or whatever, right? Because they're working. Mm. Right? And once they finish that job, put them back on, 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 on the dole, right? Job seeker, job seeker. Job seeker, job seeker. Job seeker, job seeker. Right. Well, you're right. I mean, you've you've highlighted a lot of um, problems and pitfalls in the business, which actually contributes to, to this cycle of poverty, this insecurity. Now, look, the main reason I wanted to chat to you, Barry, is we only got about seven or eight minutes left. Is I'm really not interested in what you have to say. I was more interested in your the legendary Aussie. Your mate Ozzy, who uh, died a few weeks ago. Now, when did you first yep. come across Ozzy? Uh, 
Cross Aussie when I was um, went up to the high country camping, mm-hmm. and um, just to get away for a while, I set up camp there and was cooking tea and this, what I first thought was a dingo pup come out of the bush, and um, he he sort of was hanging around camp for a while and I, I just put down a bit of food and come and got it and took off back into the bush again and uh, next morning he was back there again so I, I give him a little bit more food just talked to him calmly and he he was hung around for a while and took off again and then come back that night and I had the fire going and put a bit more food out and he come up and he's sitting by the fire and all that and I just started stroking him and he hung around and followed me and ran for a while and I thought oh now where's he come from has he come from a farm or whatever so uh, I uh, took him with me brought him back home and um, I, I checked took him to the vet have him check for microchip to see if he is registered. Yeah, how, how, how long ago was this, uh, Barry? Oh, jeez, you're going back seven or right. 16 and a half, 17 yes, years ago. Right. And um, I had people getting in contact with me, and uh, I'd said, oh, I'm the owner of him, I'm, you know, and I'd say, well, can you describe him? And they'd say, oh, he's red healer and I said oh he's got a brown patch over the, the left ear and they go yes that's right and I said no sorry mate you're talking bullshit because it's on the right ear <laughs> 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 so I had people try to claim him but not the right owner you know, so, yeah, so he uh, kept him yeah. well he kept yeah. you he kept you saying he didn't he, he kept me and I one thing with Aussie as I say brought up on a farming background had dogs all my life and there was something about Aussie I liked his character I, I, he was cheeky but smart mm. uh, bad combination him. like you Barry cheeky but smart <laughs> that's why you liked him you could see yourself in your dog mate and that's the way it should be between a dog and uh, and their human companion that's the way it should be yeah. Well, that's that's a brilliant that's a brilliant description of you and Aussie, cheeky but smart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a lot of people have said that. They said that that bloody dog is, is carrying your butt. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Well, I won't that. ask you what happened in the high country, but that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Look, look. We've got to get. De- I've been asked to ask you this. We've got to get to the bottom of this. Did you train Aussie to piss on police people's boots? Now, is this is this is, is this a legendary tale, <laughs> or has it got a basis in fact? Come on, Aussie's gone now. You can tell us the truth. But I think Aussie used to pick up on my brain cells. Did he? <laughs> Right. Right. Uh, he, he was clearly like good he, people he, I know. Yeah. I'd shake your hands if there was someone I was 
was wary about Aussie would show his teeth. Right. <laughs> the pheromones, <laughs> the pheromones. The dog picks up yeah. the pheromones, yeah. 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 And, you know, this particular cop or policeman one day that was checking the car out, I thought, you smart, you're just a cheeky bugger, you know, and I'm thinking this to myself. And I'm sure Ozzy picked up and thought, don't worry, master, I'll just go and piss on his way for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I didn't try him. No. But, uh, he, he was a natural, he was a natural. He was, he was a natural, mate. <laughs> he was a natural. No doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt about that at all. Yeah. He, he, he knew the way I was thinking. Yeah. He'd pick up on it, you know, and even training Ozzy. I've trained a lot of dogs in my time, as I say, explosive detection dogs, working dogs. Yeah. Mate, Ozzy, you just tell him to do something, and he'd pick it up in five minutes. Right. Yeah, he's a smart boy. Now, Barry, look, I, I, I'd like to thank you for spending an hour. I know you're a busy man talking to us, but I'm sure uh, many of the listeners to uh, Radical Australia and uh, other programs on 3CR would appreciate you giving us your time. I know you've got to go down the road to assist some homeless people and you've got an appointment. So all the best for the future. Um, I think you're a, a great Australian, and if there isn't a statue to you in uh, up there, we'll build one down here. <laughs> uh, there'll, be, there'll be a miniature Barry and a huge Aussie. That'll, yeah. be, that'll be it, all right? Mate, well, Ozzy needs some more of a praise than what I do, mate. He yeah. was a beauty. Yeah, he was well, a beauty. well, he'll be coming. I think, I think we, I may, I may put a motion to when we start having proper meetings here at 3CR to see if we can uh, adopt him as a, uh, you know, as an icon here at 3CR. Have you got a picture of him? Well, Quite maybe ne- next, maybe when we meet face to face, you can give me a picture and because uh, I remember I met him down at Eureka one year, so that'll That's be right. great. All right. Well, yep. All Joe, the- have a good Christmas, mate, and you too. Keep up the good work, mate. Thanks very. Don't, don't give up. No, we don't give up, Barry. We just die. All the best. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good man, Joe. Thank you. All right. Okay, all the best. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.